1: Good afternoon, everyone. Another miserable old day here in uh, VOCM Valley. I hope you are staying warm and dry. Well, last month, government officials, representatives of indigenous communities, uh, stakeholders in the fishing industry got together in St. John's for a two-day SEAL summit. Not to belabor a point, but the media, of course, were blocked from attending the sessions or speaking to participants in attendance and what normally happens in these countries kinds of things is that uh, media go down, uh, they usually have access to participants, or they'll scan the room and say, okay, uh, if I can't go in, um, what's the chances of getting me that person, that person, and maybe that person over there? And uh, then people will bring them out, and then you can have a quick one-on-one with them saying, hey, what's going on here today, blah, 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 and get uh, you know a variety of voices on, on a matter. But we, we weren't able to do that. So uh, the, the summit ostensibly was held to address ongoing concerns about the growing seal population or what we presume to be the growing seal population. Uh, Science, uh, marine science in particular, impact on fish stock recovery and access to markets for seal products. Um, Instead of being able to sit in on the sessions and hear what people were talking about and that sort of thing, the federal minister made herself available at the start and at the very end. And the remainder of public response by and large and reaction has stemmed largely from representatives who issued releases. So uh, among those participants, the general consensus so far uh, from, you know, some of those uh, people who had actually put out releases saying, uh, you know, how they felt about things, the general consensus was that um, good conversation was had, that the summit was a good first step in addressing what many on the East Coast, anyway, believed to be a growing problem. Well, my guest today was also in attendance at the seals Summit and says not every Thing was Rosie. mike Keo, of course is a regular on vocm open line you'll know his voice although i think you'll know his voice anyway you'll you'll hear that in a moment but he's also chair of the coastal people resource protection group hello mike
0: hey linda how are, how are you well i'm suffering through that i can't call it a man flu it's worse than a man flu but everybody out there who has it or had it know what I'm talking about so if you hear me mumbling, rambling, incoherently drooling or falling off my chair you know that I've had too much of some kind of a medication or something <laughs> but it's, it's, it's been a bad one it was nice to speak to you again, thank you for having me on Well
1: thank you and uh, I'll give you enough breaks I suppose to wet your whistle so you're not straining your voice too much uh, but you assured me that you're you're up to it so that's good, uh, I guess you're, you reached out in, in some frustration but I want to ask you first, uh, what what is this uh, group that you represent? The Coastal People Resource Protection Group.
0: Yeah, that's a coffee club. <laughs> that's a, it, it's it's an advocacy group, and uh, it's a group of uh, primarily friends and people who know each other. And uh, we formed or we came together because we wanted to have an a say. In decisions that were being made about Newfoundland and Labrador, particularly in the ocean and marine biosystem, that affect Newfoundland and Labrador, but we otherwise wouldn't be heard because... We're not in um, in designated as um, stakeholder status by usually by government, so uh, government likes to have these things and they want to have them only with people that they 've got some degree of control over uh they don 't really like outsiders, so we said, well, we need a soapbox and we came together on coastal people resource protection group we're going to going to be expanding um, and it's to say you know what um you're not getting a, a view that represents the bigger people of Newfoundland and Labrador, you're only getting industry or you're only getting a, an association, but there's more to this. So that's why that was, um, that's why it was formed. But they're generally people who have a long knowledge, a long involvement in the ocean, uh, you know, in uh, ocean biodiversity and uh, product sustainable. Uh, we sustain our uh, collect, we, we base, um, Resources, uh, sustainable wise use of ocean resources based on uh, collaborative science-based principles and client-resilient food awareness and advocacy. So we're self-supporting. We buy our own coffees. That's about it.
1: (laughs) So what's your interest in this?
0: Well, uh, in this particular one, we we have a number of interests, but the particular one that I'm uh, focused on here today and have been for some time And the coffee club has been the issue of uh, seals, the impact of seals um, on the food chain, uh, the forage fish and food chain off the coast of uh, Newfoundland in particular, but East Coast Canada, Atlantic Marine Canada, Maritime Canada in particular.
1: And what was your role in the Seal Summit? Were you invited? Did you, how did that yeah, work?
0: Yeah, I got to give a uh, full credit to the minister's office, uh, Minister Joyce Murray. Um, mm-hmm. uh, she did not hesitate to recognizing that we're probably a little bit more controversial. We're not in receipt of any grants or subsidies. Have never applied to her department. De- never intend to do that. And realize that we have a tendency to speak our minds or write our minds. Uh, so they still invited us to it. W- once we let them know and say, "Hey, we would like to go," it took 24 or 48 hours to come back and say, "Here's your invitation." So I uh, I got to give her uh, full credit for that. It takes a lot of guts. Full credit for having your seal science summit so Actually, that for what 37 years that I can relate to, uh, they haven't had. The department hasn't had. She, she desired, deserves. Uh, full credit for that, and we accepted the offer and did participate in, this, in the SEAL Science Summit.
1: And it seems to me it is it's uh, kind of sad, I suppose. I mean, I, I know I have a, a vested interest as someone who is interested in hearing what uh, happened there, and, and we would have loved to have had a reporter in attendance, but that wasn't to be. And again, not to belabor a point, but it's, it is a rather curious thing when, when uh, media are actively um, discouraged from participating. In fact, blocked. (laughs) Um, So it it seems to me a bit of a a shame that uh, reporters weren't allowed in because that's how it's conveyed to the public.
0: Yeah, it's two sides to that coin. Um, Linda, you recognize that for many years uh, the media, and uh, not the OCM or you or anybody else, but uh, large parts of the media would go to something like that and take a 30-second clip out of a two-day event and portray it as what was going on at that. And uh, so it's still a very sensitive issue to Canada, the seal hunt. They don't want anything to be doing with it, quite frankly. If they had their way, they wouldn't be there today. It's still a big embarrassment to them. And uh, so I understand where they came from, but they did try and meet, you know, part way. But if they'd gotten in there, for example, in remarks that I made as the person responsible, uh, at the time, in the 80s, for overseeing the province's commitment to the revitaliz- revitalization of uh, uh, full-use, full uh, sustainable, uh, wise use of products, uh, inshore land from Bay Seal hunt, um, that uh, in, in some remarks I made, I actually apologized to the Aboriginal people of uh, not only Newfoundland and Labrador, but Canada, for the way they were treated in the federal government response to the Monk uh, Commission on Seals and Sealing in Canada. So I suspect that probably would have made a 30 second clip and could have taken off on its own, you know. I know there were a lot of people who were like shifting under chairs when I did that. <laughs> uh, no, w-
1: take us back. Uh, what happened there?
0: Well, um, what happened uh, at that point in time, uh, you met, or this is well before your time. Uh, you 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 may have just received a service award. I think thirty thirty five years. So yeah. years <laughs> a Rub
1: it capital. in, Mike.
0: Yeah, no, but it's still a bit before your time. Uh, when the federal government uh, in the late seventies, early eighties, the federal government uh, in the in an effort of kicking the can down the road and taking the heat off, it established the Royal Commission on Seals and Sealing in Canada, and it became the it became known as the Malook Royal Commission on Seals and Sealing in Canada, and it finally released it, and uh, you got to remember, Nadi, the uh, government of Canada was under all kinds of pressure to shut down the ceiling, the animal rights people were just fanatic about it, they were nuts about it, they were sending hate mail, their followers were threatening the people living on the coastlines of Newfoundland and Labrador, they were threatening their children They killed their children, all that was going on. And uh, people in other provinces, particularly British Columbia, where Judge Murray, the current minister, is from, they were being threatened boycotts for their salmon industry and everything else. So Tom Sitton was one of the ministers of the day. He didn't want that sealing thing to continue. So they uh, released the uh, 45 recommendations. They released the reports, of big, voluminous report. And uh, one of the recommendations was compensation to um, to the sealing industry and re- redevelop the compensation to the aboriginal peoples of Canada. And really none of that happened. It was a recommendation. The, the, these royal commissions don't have any power to order it, but I think it was somewhere around 120 or maybe $140 of dollars. Substantial amounts of that were to go to Aboriginal people. And uh, what the government of Canada did is really buried it all, just thoroughly buried it. And they gave some uh, small amount of money on existing cost shared programs to it. a group of fishermen up in White Bay and Notre Dame Bay. And- in Newfoundland and Labrador to continue on and harvest a few, so they tied the whole thing up. And I, I felt, and I always felt, I felt then, I wrote letters on it then, and I feel now, that uh, we um, we didn't uh, treat the people right, that they were treated wrong, and I apologise for that.
1: I want to talk to you a little bit more about uh, some of the things that were discussed at the summit when we come back after the break. Our guest today on On Target is chair of the Coastal People Resource Protection Group, Mike Keough. We'll be back right after this. Join us for On Target, one hour in which Linda Swain examines topics that mean the most to you. On Target, weekday afternoons at 1 on your VOCM. And we're back. We're, our guest today on On Target is Mike Keough, chair of the Coastal People Resource Protection Group. And he was one of a number of people in attendance at a SEAL summit that was held at the Delta in St. John's last month. Um, so, Mike, what sort of things were discussed there?
0: Well, um, I'm tempted to say something like much ado about nothing, that, that wouldn't be right. That's not fair. Uh, It was an opportunity for everybody to come together who had not been together for 37 or 8 years. Um, And uh, so you were talking about the media a few minutes ago. Uh, Most of the industry stakeholders um, are shy of the media uh, because uh, they're dependent to a large degree in this industry on government support. And they know well that uh, they, that government does not like them speaking to the media. And so as long as they get what they want, uh, and that's how government controls this industry, uh, they're, they're not going to speak up. So I heard some of the comments after uh, on your show and on other shows that said, thank hey, God, i oh, that's You know, it's like the forest is on fire. You've got a tree in the forest and you're protecting your little tree while the forest is on fire. That's what they were doing. So they they, uh, they spoke about, it was a SEAL Science Summit, which was one of the follow-ups from the SEAL Science Task Force, a recommendation. The recommendation was that the um, an independent party conducted That never happened. The department did. But uh, the, as the name said, it was SEAL Science. And in my opinion, that's pretty, uh, pretty uh, it was a good excuse to get everybody together, but that wasn't... Uh, That wasn't the issue. that the industry is facing? The industry is facing a complete, almost a complete lack of markets. Markets are shut down by uh, by uh, by trade barriers uh, that were brought in in the 70s and 80s, and some degree in the 90s uh, against Canada seal products, and um, that never really got discussed at it. So a nice, you know, actually if you look at it there wasn't any more than maybe a little less than a day and a half. Maybe put all the hours together, it was about a day. Half a one day and then half another day. Um, so they they talked about there was a large contingency of Aboriginal peoples there uh, which I had never seen before in these, which goes to show that you know, they're, they're, uh, they're certainly um, on how it impacts them, they've become really tuned in and they become big players. I mean, the government of Canada now—you uh, can't find a quote from the government of Canada without, you know, uh, referring to the support of uh, Aboriginal First Nations people. And uh, so, overall, it—it uh, it was a good uh, time to get to r- get together and rub elbows. And uh, it also exposed terribly, just raw, the lack of uh, science that has been conducted and is being conducted by DFO. You know, they had all kinds of excuses. They didn't have the vessels, they, you know, and, then the, and, and other things. And then they would say, you know, we do a, a study of what, they're, what they were eating and we found no, no fish in them, you know, and this kind of stuff. What they didn't say and what they knew and what every harvester out there told them is you can't come inshore and take seals for sample. Of what they're eating when there's no fish in shore. And you can't go offshore and, and and catch seals, for example, what their food diet is when there's no when there's no fish out there that they're eating on. And that's what they were doing. So all that got exposed in the sealed summit. But it also ended up with the uh, you know with the thing is, so oh, we're we're going to do more science. Really, nothing, no commitment at all in product and market development. Uh, no commitment from global affairs to challenge these. Um, the barriers that will permit you to bring a can of film coming come into the United States or or anything like that. So from that perspective it was um, it was to say much ado about nothing. You know, was they're really not going to do anything. They got a, a big promise of something. Oh yeah, they say they're gonna partner with what what they've never did before really on, on this thing is they're gonna partner with some fishermen. Which means there's gonna be some grant and subsidy money probably uh, directed through FFAW.
1: Is this sort of a a moot point at this stage? I mean, uh, I don't think there's an appetite globally. Uh, You know, the whole fur industry is feeling it uh, globally when it comes to markets and that sort of thing. Uh, uh, You know, so much time has elapsed, uh, and I'm just, you know, speculating out loud here now. Um, Is there anything that can be done to revive a a sealing fish industry at this stage?
0: Yes, yeah, there are uh the reason is not the Dr. is you can't get anything into these markets, but i uh, there's a big world out there with billions of people in it, and uh, a hungry world and uh they uh, Most of that generation have grown up, you know, where they're not fully aware the seal wars, stuff, hate, the uh, misinformation and the and lies, which, by the way, we're going to into top 15 in a minute, which I'd like to get to. But so if, if those products for leather and, and for fur, that, that was a mistake to base all those on fur in the past, and that's where the money was. Meat uh, used uh, in a way suitable to the dietary requirements of starving people, uh, uh, into proteins for uh, starving people, uh, oils which are used in nutricycles and uh, pharmacycles and all pharmacy type of things. And, um, you know, full use of the animal is already available and really, really good. But, and I I would think that once it got into these markets, uh, the the markets are there, uh, but you can't get in there because the government of Canada doesn't want to rock the boat. It does not want to deal with this issue. And uh, what it does is say, oh, we'll do another study. We'll do another study. Well, as long as somebody gets a science grant to study some fish and somebody gets a, a promise of another license for another plant and somebody else gets... You know, to be able to sell a couple of seal bags and all that kind of stuff, they're going to, of course, support the government of Canada. And uh, But it answer a short question to your answer to that, yes, there's all kinds of value opportunity, uh, job creation out there. Is it a tough road? Yes. But as a road that's got to be taken, you know, we got 6.8 to 10 million, depending on who you're speaking to animals out there now and uh we can either say well there's got to be a call which nobody wants including me uh or we got to find a you know we got useless we got got to find somewhere to be able to move into people into the benefit of hungry people and things like that but the government of canada does not want to do that and perhaps equally as embarrassing the province of Newfoundland and Labrador is an embarrassment on this whole issue. They don't even have a person in the department allocated to seals. Not one person. They don't have. It's a footnote in something or other. They're not doing anything in product or market development. They don't know what's going on. They don't know it's a federal issue. That's a federal issue. Boy, that doesn't uh, raise your eyebrows. Nothing would. Just completely useless of it. That's not the people. Some of the people are nice people, but. The provinces really is an embarrassment on it because it's uh, it's here in St. John's, quite frankly, and uh, they're not seeing it. If you lived in Bonavista or White Bay or Notre Dame, you'd see it. So what can
1: we do about marketing? I think, you know, some of the biggest markets that we once had were places like Russia. Well, that's out of the yeah. question right yeah. now. And China, and that's, <laughs> we we all know that some of the difficulties between Canada and China that are making headlines right now. So wh- where do we go? What do we do?
0: Well, uh, first of all, I think what we need to do is get focused on this. is that uh, the province has been able to avoid any responsibility for what, what it should be doing for its uh, for its uh, resource a- uh, allocation utilization, it's not doing anything. But we really need to uh, take control of the issue ourselves for product and market development and invite others in with us. And the province of Newfoundland and Labrador now maybe it's involved in setting up a new uh, entity. and doesn't have to be something we can le- lead with our chin with, like you know the seal killers associated. you know it could be something along with conservation minded and uh, sustainable wise use principles and it could you know it could come along with that, but it has to take ownership it has to recognize and accept that the government of Canada will not do this they just will not do it, and they're not there they have not been there, and they will not be there so if the government is there and it's our problem, then they have to do it. And that brings me to COP15.
1: And before you go into that, because we're up yeah. to a break now, and I'll give you a chance to rest your voice for a moment, and then we can get into uh, what you, um, your observations there when uh, we come back after the break. My guest today on On Target is Mike Keough, chair of the Coastal People Resource Protection Group. We'll be back right after this. Got plans for midnight? Bring your VOCM along with the best soundtrack for every night, anywhere. The VOCM All Night Show. Midnight on your VOCM. And we're back. Our guest today on on target is Mike Keough, chair of the Coastal People Resource Protection Group. And he was among an, quite a few people, actually, who were in attendance at that SEAL Science Summit at the Delta in St. John's one month ago. And uh, I caught you off, Mike, because you were just about to um, make the connections to COP15, which is uh, happening in Montreal. Tell us a little bit about that and why that is relevant here.
0: Sure. Sure. Um- I may go there, but finishing off, you said, well, what can we do? Um, uh, Just to touch on the end of that, um, and I was suggesting that we need a separate entity controlled by Newfoundland and Labrador to seize the issue, take control of the issue uh, for use of the resource to the benefit of people of Newfoundland and Labrador and not be dependent on the federal government to resolve an issue it doesn't want to be into. And uh, to be able to divide and conquer. I mean, Linda, our, our industry is worth a billion dollars a year, a billion dollars a year. So nobody can convince me that uh, the processors and the harvesters themselves couldn't provide the funding to be able to do such a group. Actually, it's a bit of an embarrassment with the, har- with the uh, processors, and that while they're full beneficiaries from the ocean there. Nowhere to be found in this issue. They're just scared to death. I understand that. They don't want to be boycotted and things like that. But many of those people are controlled offshore. They could care less what happens in rural coastal Newfoundland and Labrador. But uh, with COP, as you're aware, COP is a conference of parties. And uh, it's uh, it's one of these uh, United Nations conventions. There's a whole lot of them out there, but they've broken them all down into cops, right? And it, what that means is uh, uh, this: uh, it, it's on December the fifth, or I'm sorry, December the fifth, uh, actually today to uh, the seventeenth, and it's uh, this is the fifth. Uh, conference 15th conference so there's lots of conferences being on the call. this is part two of it and what it is it's um it's a it's a conference and it brings together signatory or countries to parties of a convention this uh, convention for the united nations and uh, the convention is called the convention of biological diversity cbd and it was adopted in 1992 in Rio, from the world summit And the convention aims to implement national sustainable development strategies focused on three main ideas. The conservation of biological diversity, which really can impact us. The sustainable use of its components, the fair and equal sharing of benefits arising from genetic resources. So that's basically in a nutshell what that is. And it's a wrap to people on the go. I mean, the thing right now of uh, climate change and And, uh, you know, biodiversity and conservation are the the buzzwords in the world nowadays, especially in Canada. There's something like a billion dollars in grants and subsidy borne money flowing around. Well, uh, I was looking into this in terms of, well, what impact can that have on Newfoundland and Labrador? And then I found that some some of the non-governmental organizations and the Minister of the Environment for the federal government, a fellow named Stephen we uh, were sort of saying, well, you know what, we we promised that we're going to be 30%. They, they set these targets. We're at 14%. Now we got to get it up to 30%. And uh, one of the ways we can do it is we're going to place a focus on the oceans. So we're going to conserve the oceans. We're going to protect the oceans. And uh, we can do this by banning fish stocks, certain fish stocks. So they they went out and they came up with this number, but the latest number they got is they want to ban, they've identified as being at risk, 62 species. Now, a lot of this came from DFO sites, which we know in the industry is junk sites. But that's what they're going to do. They're going to ban, they may ban up to 62 species of fish. And, of course, most of that will be on the coastlines, deep abandoned Labrador. And uh, they're also going to bring in marine protected areas, I meaning they're excluded areas. You can't go in there with your boat unless you've you got uh, specific permission to do so. Of course, what they have, these all of these, like everything else, it starts out that if uh, you're a member of a recognized Aboriginal group, uh, you're going to be compensated and looked after for anything that may be lost, and we're going to partner with you to do it. And that's only fair. So they should. i got no problem with that. But... There's a group buzzing around in that in that conference, uh, lobby groups, North uh, non-governmental organizations NGOs, and they're they're pushing for these bans themselves. They're saying, by the way, seals don't eat any noticeable amount of fish. They've been pu- publishing that line for the longest time, and they're in lobbying for uh, species bans, extreme species bans. Uh, uh, MPAs, which is a good idea, Marine Protection Areas, they you got know, no problem with that. And uh, for the Fisheries Act, just recently toughened up by the Government of Canada, be toughened up even further to the point of they want to do it without science just to err on the side of caution. Listen to the people hitting several of those key NGOs are some of the same people who headed the International Fund for Animal Welfare, who crucified Newfoundland and Labrador and the anti-seal uh, misinformation and hate that was out there. Another one that wasn't there, Oceana, but the one who's heading it uh, is a uh, former fisheries person. And they went on with the World Wildlife Fund. Another one was a anti-seal hunt group. And now heads up this uh, this group that they're up there lobbying to do it. And, of course, they're all great buddy-buddies with Guillebeau. And Guillebeau himself is a former directing mind of Greenpeace. Now, Greenpeace recently were forced to apologize to Aboriginal people for what they did to Aboriginal people. By their you know, by the uh, misinformation in that that they distributed about them. There's one person now who's, I think her name is Danita Catherine Burke. Uh, I, I think if anybody on Twitter, they would find her under that, Danita, uh, I think it's Danita Burke, B-U-R-K-E-1. And uh, she's been maintaining that Greenpeace peace those organizations, are so a huge apology. For all of the scare and threats that the people of Newfoundland and Labrador endured, I saw those letters. when I was in government at that point in time, and with the Sealers Association later, I saw those threats and all based on information, misinformation, lies. Well, the people who are leading those organisations at that point in time are now giving advice to the Minister of the Environment to bring up the quota of um, of this 30 uh, percent. Commitment to, you know, to uh, to for biodiversity, for banning species and, and things like that, and conservation. Well, you know, let's go do this. They say we don't care what the details are. Let's go do this, and we don't have anybody from Newfoundland and Labrador even looking at it. I called the sea from the province. First I called Fish Food Dollar Workers Union, initially they didn't know what I was talking about, but after a week they got back and said to it, four or five people from their group was going to be gone. So I called to get the information today, who they were, but I couldn't get anybody. There's been a change there this week as you're aware. Uh, I call the province of Newfoundland and Labrador and say who's up there looking after our interests on in this? Uh, fishery said oh well no, no this is the environment this is uh, mr. Davis's department I called mr. Davis's department I couldn't several calls I couldn't get a call back so I put it on, on social media picture of mr. Davis and he's in Egypt at top 27 For a couple of weeks ago. he's in this sort of a bro hug type of thing group, group 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 and who's he in it with the president of a company called Cl- uh, Cl- Canadian climate Institute and who's heading that? President is a fellow named uh, Rick Smith, who is a former executive director of the Canadian Sealers Association. And uh, and so I said, You guys know what's going on, with you know. And so upon I got a call back from the assistant deputy minister. They didn't, weren't aware of what was going on. So I explained to them, They said, Oh, that's probably fisheries. You should talk to fisheries on this. So I went back to fisheries. They sent me to the West Coast Fisheries. Then they got me to the minister's office, and I said, could you give me to an assistant deputy minister? And they said, oh, no, this is not us. This is federal fisheries and conservation climate people. We're not involved in that. We will be at this. So it makes you wonder, hey, how big a commitment to this when they don't even know that it's going on? and what can go on? What's about to be
1: there? And I think the frustrating part, and you've touched on this, and you mentioned junk science, um, which uh, some people say is fair commentary, other people say is unfair. Uh, I do happen to know some people who work at DFO, and they work damn hard, and they take pride in what sure. they do. Yeah. Uh, but is the it, it, does it come back to Ottawa? Is it the federal government? Yeah. And is it ta- is 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 the government taking uh, science seriously enough and spending enough to get the necessary data to make the appropriate decisions?
0: Yeah, it's both. Actually, when you get people, uh, and that's a big problem, they don't have the resources to do a good job anyway. But when you get somebody come out and say, oh, you know, they're not having any noticeable impact on fish diets, and you've seen a dozen times you've been on the wharf with the harvesters, they've been opening a seal, and the belly is blocked full of everything, Cake and crab, and... You know, herring and everything else. And uh, yet you'll have a scientist say, oh no, they don't need any of this. And you got 6.8 to 10 million seals out there. You just got to shake your head and say, guys, where are you getting this information from? Oh, they did it from a model. And so, yeah, some of it does go back. But. I am aware that some really good people down there, and 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 with provincial fisheries, who really want and do the best they can with the tools they have to do a good job. But well, once it gets to the management level, especially a DFO federally, it, it gets it gets mashed up. It gets it it just doesn't come out It showed even the accurate stuff. So one of the uh, I forget what the area manager levels or something was down there. He, basically at the seal Science Summit said, uh, you know, the, we know, we missed this stuff the last couple of years. So we have been able to use the boats. They've been on dry dock. Well, you don't put those boats on dry dock overnight. You don't call up on Friday morning and, and say, hey, Joe, we're going to put them in for a 10 million job on Monday morning. You know, you, you know, you know, in January that you're going in for a fix in March. So what you should be doing is calling up a bunch of people who can put a 65-footer uh, uh, through a, five, uh, a Series 5 hurricane easily, you call them up and say, uh, guys, we need your help to do some testing. You know? And that's all they had to do, but they deliberately looked it over and then they make excuses that they don't have the equipment to do it. So I, the, the reality is, Linda, that the federal government, the Federal Department of Fisheries, I do not want to deal with this issue. I understand they're afraid. I know that they're still under their deaths. But if we're part of Canada and, and, uh, you know, uh, the big people who are going to miss in this are the people who live along the coastline, non-traditional people. Traditional people, but not aboriginal along the coastlines of uh, Newfoundland and Labrador, Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia, and New Brunswick, uh, and and on Western Canada, we didn't talk much about that. But uh, these people are going to be the ones hurt by a bunch of zealots going out and want to ban everything on junk science, and uh, there that's going on this this week up there, and they'll talk themselves. They could they hire writers. They they just did one a little while ago. On your program, one of the things says we went out and we trolled existing information. Well, here's a message for you: if you troll junk, you put junk in, and uh, and so when you do an audit, you're auditing junk, so your findings are junk. You know, but yeah, you know. And you say, well, prove it that it's junk. Prove it. No, you prove it that it's right. You know, has it been peer reviewed? No, well, it hasn't. But this is ABC NGO. They do good work. You know? So. Yeah. But anyway, I think it's a, it's a complete breakdown. There's a lost opportunity there. You know, I wouldn't go out and kill a seal today. I don't need to. If I had to, to feed my family, to survive, I would. Nobody wants that. That's the state's business. It's very, very hard to do. But until we reach another plateau in our existence here on Earth, where we don't use animals or, or fish or anything for food, that's the way it's going to be. And somebody's got to do that. All of that product is available for use. A huge amount of work has been done: meat development, leather development, oil development. Uh, you know, it's a lot been done. Even unsealed penises for God's sake! Most people don't know that they're aphrodisiac in Asia. You know, uh, it's all been done. It's there. It's ready to go. We. We took the seafood development unit, although it's called aquaculture and seafood development unit at Memorial University. That's one of the, one of the most underutilized places in Newfoundland and Labor. A tremendous ability, Well, all it's doing lately is studying better and faster and uh, you know AI equipment for fish plants and for fish trawlers. When really it should be doing value-added product for. Uh, coastal people of Newfoundland and Labrador for their communities, encourage them to be entrepreneurs and develop their own brands and their own marketing.
1: Our guest today on On Target is Mike Keough. He is with, he's the chair actually, of the Coastal People Resource Protection Group. We're talking about the recent SEAL Summit in St. John's. Uh, We'll be back right after this. Take a break. Join us weekdays from 1230 to 1 p.m. as we discuss anything and everything that's happening now. It's all on the table during your VOCM lunch break. Our guest today on On Target is Mike Keough, chair of the Coastal People Resource Protection Group. Group. And, uh, Mike, you were talking a bit about science, and uh, we do know that there are some issues when it comes to the science um, and, uh, and how, you know, the, I guess, the continuum, if you will. Um, and when we're talking about seals, what are we actually talking about? Is is it all species, which are specialized in different ways, of course, or is it particular species or populations, and harp seals come immediately to mind?
0: Yeah, uh, harp seals certainly because of our areas where we're most most impacted. But then there are other species of seals, like you said, gray seals and other seals where they are in certain areas. So you certainly couldn't deal with one and not deal with all. Uh, And, of course, everything is proportionate to the amount of impact on all of them. So um, I uh, – but anybody out here in this area – particularly not up north. We'd, we'd see the harp seals up in the rivers. And there's a new new name on a new group of seals now. They're called the river seals. They stay there all year, and they feed on trout and salmon and everything else. And if the will will deny that, I don't know how. And we can see people. We can see it up there. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's all seals, but a particular thing. I think, Linda, of all of this, I know we're getting near the end of the time, but... Um, of all of this there's so much I mean there's so much to be told so many things that have happened over the years that you know you need an afternoon to talk about some of the more interesting things like Montreal pair getting spat on you know this kind of stuff and and uh, in Hong Kong being the Canadian consular being totally embarrassed that we were there to um, do some seal work and put us up in the back, back roads of Hong Kong and you know, giving them all heart attack and stuff like that. But uh, there's so much to talk about. We can't do it. I, I, I think, and uh, it's, if this is to be resolved, we as an area, a province, as stakeholders, have to take control of it. And if, if nothing else, it will force Ottawa to move, and we should develop we should develop an entity to do that. I would suggest that the primary ones to do that, to make the first phone calls, would uh, be the Provincial Department of Fisheries, but I, I don't see that happening, or if not, then the union should get involved in uh, conservation and, and everything that goes with it, because it's to all of their benefit to do this, anyway. Keep working, rural Newfoundland and Labrador, where they are, to get all the reach and there are others, even the seafood uh, plant owners, which I, I don't see happening at all. But they they got to get out. And they got to get their needs. They've they got to – I'm sorry, uh, they, Linda, they got to uh, – take the lead and, uh, and let Ottawa uh, follow our lead.
1: Were there any commitments to improve science? I know we have these new research vessels and uh, they're still calibrating all of that. Um, and it, it's gone a little slower than most people anticipated, I think even DFO itself. Uh, but um, any commitments to improve science? And, and there's been some talk, I understand, about third parties conducting science as well?
0: Yeah. Well, that, that's a vague reference on the third party. Said, uh, uh, there was nothing at this that I hadn't heard before over the years, uh, the commitment to improve science. I still think it would probably be better for us to uh, contract that out, science out, so, uh, and particular use of the people that are out there in the water in the whole areas, uh, harvesters probably. But uh, I, I think that the collection, the assimilation of data, and the and the analysis of data should be done by an independent party, third party from Canada on this on this issue, and perhaps others as well. You know, we're not looking at the impact of uh, of a large offshore fishing vessels that are really mauling the ocean or just bottom dragging it. And yeah, we have a problem out there. We we been dependent on this. We'll be long dead and gone. But our our followers, uh, you know, our, our descendants are dependent on it. And if we don't get a hand on this for conservation, uh, for biodiversity maintenance, you know, and protection, then somebody's probably going to end up doing it for us. So I'd encourage, you know, the, I know the union is going through some change over turmoil right now, but uh, they should really start making some phone calls and say, hey, let's let's put all our other grievances and discussions inside, let 's have a meeting, and we're going to talk about one thing, and we 're going to talk about you know market and, and, and trade barrier removal. There was one of them that we really wanted to sue the government of Canada for its mismanagement of the ocean resources, and pointing to you know what it's done with the seals, which is really nothing so yeah there's there's lots of things that can be done, but they said, little guys, all we can do is we can you know get out there and say these things. And, hope that the next time another conference or a summit goes up, we'll get an invitation and we don't get to, oh my God, I'm not going to put them out there because the last time we did that, they were on radio about it. You know.
1: So the summit that occurred, uh, do you think there's a consensus, consensus that, uh, you know, groups are willing to work together to find some of these solutions?
0: That was the big thing from it, is that yes, everybody was in agreement that uh, working together was the big thing. But the DFO said, oh, well, we'll get together another year or two. My position, our position, is that they uh, really should get together, you know, in six months, if not sooner, and, uh, you know, put a group other than what they've got right now, but an industry-led group uh, to do this. But, yeah, and more frequency on this. It was a, a, a really beneficial thing to bring them together. Now they should build on that, yeah.
1: And uh, final thoughts with a minute left?
0: No, oh, not really. I want to thank you and on Target VLCN, for the opportunity to you know voice some opinions without getting too aggressive. Under there's a lot more words I could and tones were tempted to use, but um, there you know it it was a managed summit. It's media it was media managed, and unless you were there, you probably wouldn't have had the and unless you knew the participants. You know, it would be—it's easy to believe that, oh, this was all hunky-dory and everything was on the go. It's not. It's hunky-dory for those that got what they got. There were lots of private meetings. One of these groups I spoke about earlier managed to come to St. John's and have a private meeting with DFO, picked up some of the junk science, and has now gone peddling it to Montreal. But, uh, you know, lots of things happened. It was, it was it was good to get together, but we are so—we really, really need to take control of this issue. Or sit back and let it happen and and stop whining and moaning and crying and take responsibility for it.
1: And we're out of time. Mike, uh, appreciate your time. Thank you.
0: Been a pleasure. Thank you very much. All
1: right. Bye-bye. And we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening.